Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Poddiva. Welcome to Poddiva. If you're an LGBTQIA plus woman or non-binary person, this is your fortnightly podcast. I'm Rachel Shelley. Today, Pod Diva is proud to bring you Ali Hendry's Relationship Room with guest Musa Francis. Musa is a mental health coach who helps LGBTQIA plus creative business owners bloom into happier, healthier, more resilient versions of themselves. Together, Musa and Ali discuss methods of building resilience, regulating your nervous system and how to build from the bottom up. And when you finish listening to this podcast, take a look at our extensive Pod Diva archive with over a hundred original interviews to explore. Then go out and grab yourself a copy of Diva magazine to hear about all things LGBTQIA. Pod Diva. Welcome to the relationship room here at Pod Diva. My name is Ali Hendry and my pronouns are she, her. We bring you different topics and guests from the LGBTQIA community and our allies. The Relationship Room is a safe place to land ideas that help us humans navigate interpersonal relationships. We will have a deep dive into today's topics with curiosity, compassion and a garnish of humour. Hello, would you like to introduce yourself? Let us know what your pronouns are and what is your work? Hi, uh, my name is Musa Francis and my pronouns are he, him. I'm a mental health coach for LGBTQIA plus creative entrepreneurs. My work centers around helping my clients to reclaim their mental health so they can bloom into happier, healthier, more resilient versions of themselves. I do this by helping them to create healthy lifestyle habits and regenerative self-care rituals that promote good mental health and improve resilience. Through my own journey of recovery from depression, anxiety, chronic stress, burnout and trauma, I've come to know how essential it is to honour, nurture and nourish yourself in order to thrive as a queer person, as a trans person as well. And it's my mission to help other LGBTQIA plus creative entrepreneurs to live boldly, to love themselves fiercely 
and to care for themselves radically because we all deserve to live in full bloom as the happiest, healthiest and most resilient versions of ourselves while doing the work that we love. I love it. And I love the blooming. I love the blooming. And so in terms of your work, <laughs> you talk a lot, you talk a lot about resilience. What, what do we mean when we talk about <laughs> resilience and how do we build it up? Essentially, cultivating resilience for me is an act of tending to your garden. So, or your internal, or your landscape, both internal and external. So looking at what are your inputs and outputs, what are you allowing in and what results are you getting out of that? Knowing that there will be things that we can't control, but there are also things that we can, and it's taking charge of the things that we can control and adapting to the things that we can't. So yeah, it's an act of tending to your own garden. I love that you in introduce the idea of actually when we think about resilience we tend to see it as something that we endure if we move it into a different space and turn it into something that is about adapting and recharging and having that awareness of what can we control and what can't we control then actually we move to a place that allows us to have agency and we can move into that honoring nurturing and nourishing space for ourselves absolutely yeah it's essentially just taking a note from nature and how nature works, observing how like the most resilient organisms in nature work. They're the ones that have the most capacity of resilience and the most ability to adapt to whatever environmental factors are around. Yes, nature and its <laughs> metaphors. I, I am all over that. I'm yes. <laughs> totally. And that, I guess, comes out in yeah. what you were also talking about around the rituals and routines to help us cultivate that resilience and to, to grow it and therefore of course have that impact on our relationships what would that look like um in terms of like actual rituals that you can do to cultivate resilience I wonder if that comes up in your work around giving people ideas or if it's more about them coming up with their own ideas and then building on those Sure, sure. It's a mixture of both. There's the aspect of caring for our mental health in order to help our brains to function well, tending to our emotional being as well. There are also kind of like rituals that we work into our self-care practice if I'm working with a client. And one of the things that we do is creating like a plan for the day first thing in the morning. So ritualizing that plan at the, at the beginning of the day helps to set the tone for the rest of the day. We could essentially do things like one of the things I like to ask themselves every morning is like, what is going to feel good today? And with that question, they then list small things that they know make them feel that sense of expansiveness of peace and of like enjoyment. So for yourself, when it comes to resilience, and thank you for sharing some of your journey, uh, I know you talk about rituals and routines and bringing in things that embed those changes so that they become automatic. Mm. What would you say has worked for you around creating those patterns and those habits and rituals? What's worked for me is actually like planning those into your day, into my day. The first thing that I do in the morning is schedule my self-care in. It's literally sitting down with my planner for the day, putting in my self-care, like my movement practice, when I'm having my meals, 
scheduling in rest. And then next I schedule in joy, essentially asking myself, what is going to feel good to me today? And then I schedule one to three small things. Like they don't have to be big. Like sometimes it's like listening to music, having a dance in the kitchen with my kids or reading like just small things, like little micro doses of joy throughout the day. As business owner as well, the to-do list is always very long. So for me, part of like ritualizing that is sitting down and really feeling into like what are the one to three things that will make the biggest impact throughout my day. And those are the things that I focus on. And sometimes it's just one thing, sometimes it's three. Just giving myself a little bit of flexibility with that. So yeah, just ritualizing self-care so that it's not something that you have to do, but it's something that you get to do because it makes you feel good. And it doesn't have to be a huge sweeping statement. Like you say, if you keep it small and manageable, you say it's going to be between one and three things and Mm -hmm. you actually schedule it in, schedule in joy or schedule in joy. I Mm -hmm. love that idea. And I love microdosing on joy, microdoses of joy. Yeah. (laughs) It's just brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. And the reason why I go for microdoses of joy, most of my work centers around helping people access greater levels of joy. Joy is something that is often very difficult to connect with when you're focused on survival. And for a lot of us in the LGBTQIA community, most of our nervous systems are calibrated to be in survival mode. Because for a lot of us, our sense of wholeness or our sense of being has been made to feel unsafe by the world around us. So that sense of feeling joy can often feel unsafe to our nervous system. Because every time we've been ourselves or shown ourselves, we've gotten negative feedback on that. So we've, we've had to adapt ourselves in order to feel that, love, that sense of love, safety and belonging. So when we sort of like go for the big, joys when our nervous system doesn't have the capacity for it it kind of goes into this space of oh no it's too much and if you touch it it's going to burn you because that's the experience that we've had microdosing joy kind of it gets your nervous system to feel good about feeling good usually feeling good comes with negative consequences because the world around us isn't necessarily accepting or supportive of who we are and how we love in general, just the way that we live our lives or just existing. So yeah, it's literally just training our nervous systems to build up the capacity to tolerate greater levels of joy. And until our nervous system starts to recognize the sense of joy as something that is good for us, that's expansive for us, that increases our level of resilience and means that we get to live better and feel better because a lot of us have experienced joy with conditions because we've had to disconnect from aspects of ourselves in order to experience just the tiny levels of joy that come with existing as LGBTQIA plus folks. That makes so much sense. So being able to ease that joy into our lives and keeping it it at a, a space where it feels safe in a in an mm-hmm. environment where we haven't experienced it or it's been attached it's been caveated it's had a condition put upon it and mm-hmm. so as we learn to bring joy into our lives 
gradually and safely, that also feeds into the resilience piece that we were talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Your work also talks about disconnection, which is a new topic for me. What do we mean by disconnection and how's it shown up for you? Pod Diva. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Subtle results, still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulties swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Part Diva. Disconnection has been essentially like abandoning parts of yourself. And for a lot of us, it's abandoning parts of ourselves in order to experience a sense of love, safety and belonging. For me, how I've experienced it, like I grew up, like growing up as a queer trans child and also like as a third culture kid in an Afro-Christian household in the UK, like was not the easiest of time because like being my authentic self wasn't acceptable or safe. So I learned essentially like how to dim my light, how to put on a mask and perform conformity. By the time I was 16, I kind of like had these two identities that I was living with. And the first one was like the identity that I present to everyone else that's in this cute little neat box that is acceptable to everyone so that I get that sense of belonging. And the other one was my true identity. And I got to a stage where like holding those two together was so difficult that it was actually easier for me to be like okay when I perform and conform I kind of like get to experience a small level of love and acceptance so I chose to fully embody that identity essentially detach from my authentic self yeah it was a more peaceful time externally in terms of like yes I can have friends yes I can go about and experience life seemingly in a similar way to everyone else but also what I didn't realize at the time was that by stepping into that what I like to call my mainstreaming phase I'd also disconnected from my authentic self my journey since I think like the age of 20 when I experienced uh, sexual assault how was a journey because then I felt even more disconnected from myself I was very dissociated at that time so the whole journey of like reconnecting with myself and my body post-trauma was also 
led to that journey of reconnecting with the parts of me, the, the queer and trans parts of myself that I disconnected from. Thank you for sharing that. There's there's so much in there and I know this is going to resonate with others as well. Mm. When you talk about that moving from the mainstreaming phase into the authentic self or your mm -hmm. authentic self, it feels like there's a, a whole heap of, of trust and belief. How did that come up for you or, or was it different concepts that were taking you into that that moving from one phase to your authentic self for me personally like after that particular uh, sexual assault it was like I have nothing left and if I have nothing left like I've lost everything that I could lose so why not be myself <laughs> like yeah. there's nothing left to lose like <laughs> yeah so that was it for me is starting from ground zero working through releasing that trauma and then the more I I let go of that because first it was like okay reclaiming like my quote-unquote like alternative tastes so like starting to like address in styles that I was really into started listening to the music that authentically I loved and getting back into like the the cultures that really like call to me and then that felt really good. And then I just went deeper with it. And then I started working with coaches. I ended up training as a coach myself because the work was just so powerful. In doing that work that I was like, okay, you've gone so far. What about those really deep internal parts of yourself that you've disconnected from? Now it's time to kind of like reclaim those. So it's essentially like microdosing as a, again, like starting with the stuff that it wasn't easy, but it was easier. <laughs> And yes. slowly building that capacity to then get to the point where I'm like, yeah, this is me. And I'm going to live as the authentic version of myself. If no one else is along for the journey, then cool. But at least like I know that it, me and myself, like I'm good. I really feel that pro progression from the I have nothing left. I'm literally at ground zero mm -hmm. and I know there is something. There is something else. Um, I can do some work. I can find that support and the bravery on asking for support around moving through that, you know, what happened to you and starting with that reclaiming piece where gradually bringing things back to you that, you know, support those parts of you that haven't had attention or that you've had to hide or, you know, put aside because you've been in the mainstreaming phase and then using those experiences with coaches to work on where am I at and where do I want to get to and how can I take those small manageable sustainable steps that help me move into my authentic self so yeah. powerful such a role <laughs> model and no wonder you're doing the work that you're doing because you will see this in others you will see where they're at on their journeys because you've been there yeah totally it, it's that when I was talking to myself, it's like, you've put so much energy in maintaining this kind of like facade of cisgender woman who is, yes, queer, but also in a very like heterosexual presenting relationship. You could take that energy and put it into, into being yourself and being resilient enough to exist as yourself and creating a new vision for what you want life to feel like for you. It has to start small. We have to look at the microdosing of 
things that will support gently bringing those parts of us that have been offline and need mm-hmm. to come back online. I mean, I find this as a coach as well. Some people will come to me and they will want change now. We live in an environment where changes can be immediate and mm-hmm. it's just not possible when we're talking about things that are sustainable and long-term and they, they want to be there right now and they yeah. want to discount the journey. And so, mm-hmm. you know, starting with with the ideas that you've shared with us, that those things that we can choose and one to three things that will have an impact. What is going to be good today? What is going to bring that joy in today? And I love your examples of dancing in the kitchen. I do that. I have kitchen disco regularly. Yeah, <laughs> It's brilliant. It's a must. Was, it's a must. I was working with a client the other day and we finished our session 10 minutes early and, and she was completely happy that we'd finished. And we both decided that we would go offline and we would both go and dance around with to, to music. So I had da- 90s club classics blaring out of the kitchen for 10 yeah. minutes. And, <laughs> you know, that's your dopamine. That's like you say, with the central nervous system work so, that is central to the work that you do. How do I get that to a place where I can start to connect with people because I'm not in fight flight mode? That's mm-hmm. going to start with these practices that bring in those that dopamine and that um, adrenaline and it allows us to regulate ourselves. Absolutely. And it's one of those things where it's like when we try and enact massive amounts of change, like really quickly, it really freaks our nervous systems out because it's something that's different from what we've always done. And our nervous system is always going to choose what is proven to be safe than something that is new but there's no evidence that that could be safe like it's like yeah there is that chance that like it could be the most amazing thing ever but what if it's not yes yes so yeah our nervous system will always choose what feel what what has proven to be safe even if that means that is you staying in a state where you don't experience joy the reality is you've survived so far without experiencing joy or a lot of it. So we'll just keep the status quo going because it's survivable. That's where like the slow and steady comes in where we have to essentially like teach our nervous system new ways of being. Holding the little hand (laughs) of our nervous system and saying, come on, we know you can do this. We know that you are keeping me safe. Thank you for that. Yeah. What if there is another way? And I love that question. I use that in coaching. You know, people are like, it's like this, it's always been like this. And then we get the cognitive distortions being loaded on top. It's always, yeah. I never, it won't. And so we can say, what if it is? What if? Yeah. <laughs> what if and yet are my two favorite phrases. You know, mm. I'm not there, I'm not there, I'm not there. You're not there yet. Yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it also comes to like the fact that I use like affirmations with my clients all the time. And this is also like one of the things of holding our nervous system's hand as well. When it comes to affirmations, you could sit there and try to affirm you are happy and joyful and go, I am happy and joyful. But your nervous system, your brain doesn't recognize that as something that is true or feels true. You essentially have to dial it back, bring in that level of possibility 
back in. So it becomes more, I am becoming someone who experiences happiness and joy every day. You're leading with possibility and looking forward rather than I am. I've which never feels heard big that. and scary. Oh, that makes so much sense. That makes yeah. so much sense. Because it's a, it's a huge jump for your brain to make, to go from like one state of being to another. If you cannot feel into it, then, okay, I'm not there yet, but I could be there. I can get there. Even if that's difficult as well, you could start with like a s- statement that we we use in EFT, which is even though. So you can say, even though I'm feeling sad right now, I know that I'm becoming someone who experiences happiness and joy. So you're acknowledging the fact that this is where I'm at right now and also plugging in the the future self, like the thing that you're working towards or the thing that you're becoming. The more you work on that and the more you start collecting evidence for your nervous system for those things to be true, then you can then move on to the I am part of it, which is like the next jump. I love that idea so much because you're so right. When we hear about affirmations, they they are presented as we have to stretch ourselves to the very borders when actually that is going to be too much for our nervous systems. We need to do, again, we're back to the, the microdosing, the lower mm-hmm. levels where we can help our nervous systems collect that evidence And we use phrases like, I am becoming someone who, and it allows Mm -hmm. us to be in that transition state that says, this is the end state. I know I'm going there and I'm allowing myself to have that journey. So where can people find out more about your work and what are you currently working on? You can find me at bloomingqueer.com. That's my website. And you can kind of like find everything there. On Instagram, I'm at Blooming Queer. Right now, I am working or reworking my morning ritual course. It's a free one called Boost Your Mood and Bloom. It's essentially like a free five-day course where I guide you through creating a morning ritual that will help you start your day feeling more empowered, more positive and more calm. And that's something that's coming out in October but you can go ahead and sign up for it at bloomingqueer.com forward slash bloom. That sounds phenomenal and is accessible and is open to all. Thank you, Musa, for coming into the relationship room. It has been such a joy. We've been talking about joy. It's been (laughs) such a joy to connect with you and to find out how we can move to that place of building up that resilience look at the disconnection and move back into a place where our parts all come back online. Look at how we can start, start small. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Pod Diva. Thank you for listening to Pod Diva in association with Diva Magazine, the world's leading brand for LGBTQIA plus women and non-binary people. Every fortnight, we bring you new interviews from a vast range of fabulous people, celebrating and amplifying the voices of the LGBTQIA community. Browse our extensive back catalogue of episodes to find your favourites, from Jennifer Beals to Abby Jacobson. It's like one gorgeous, glossy magazine in your ear. Please share, rate or review us. It really does help. You can find us on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can email me at editorial 
at diva-magazine.com. Pod Diva. Queers for your ears. Pod Diva. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.